Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today I'm joined by debut romance author Kate Goldbeck to talk about her new book, You Again. This was such a fun conversation. I love chatting with Kate about the inspiration behind this story and how much of When Harry Met Sally played a part in the story. Obviously, we talked about the diverse representation in this book from the Jewish backgrounds, the different types of sexuality, and so much more. This was a really insightful conversation. It was such a great chat. I hope you'll love it. So without further ado, my conversation with Kate Goldbeck starts right now. Welcome, Kate, to the podcast. I'm very excited to have you here. Obviously, I just read your debut novel, You Again, and I'm so excited to get to chat about it with you today. But let me first ask you, I guess, take me back to like the beginning. Obviously, this is your first published romance. For, forgive me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I, this is the case. So no, that's correct. <laughs> so, so take me back. Like, How did kind of all of this sort of happen with your writing career in general, not necessarily specifically this story. Uh, yeah, this, this was the first thing I've ever really written, like period in terms of creative writing. I, um, about five or six years ago, I, I got into fanfic, um, first just reading it. And I was like a very enthusiastic reader and um would kind of do like really long <laughs> recommendations of of other fanfics and then after a few months of of doing that i was like oh this might be kind of fun to to try myself um and i had never really tried to write something like fiction like prose before i have um i am a film person like I was a film major I've worked in film museums and I've taken like screenwriting classes and like tried to write scripts um but I had never tried to just like write you know even like a short story before um so this was like totally new for me um but I I started writing a fanfic um kind of just in a like this might be fun let me this is like a creative outlet let me try this kind of capacity and uh, it ended up being like 150,000 words. So it was like super long. <laughs> I just kind of like kept going. Um, and I, I wrote a few more fics of different lengths um, in the like next two to three years. So I kind of kept doing the fanfic thing. I personally love writing fanfic. It's probably more satisfying to me than writing like book two. Wow. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's that's how I started. And And you again kind of, sprung out of that first fanfic so um it's basically almost like a major major rewrite like I I think my agent called it like an editorial overhaul of (laughs) the original like manuscript that I that I did because it's it's pretty different there's a few scenes that are the same but like many many things are are different and reworked and obviously I had to cut that down from 150,000 rambly (laughs) words with like just extra chapters thrown in for no reason. Um, So that's how, that's like kind of where it, it came from, um, from that first fan fiction. Wild. So how did you get a pub deal? Like what was that whole process like? And at any point in this, I can't imagine easy process where you like, I'm just going to try to publish this on my own. Like I'm kind of well-versed in the fanfic world and getting things up online myself. Like I think I could do this myself. Or were you always like, I want to try to go the traditional route. Like what was that 
process like? So I never really uh, thought about doing any of that. Um, I wasn't, I didn't write it or write fanfic thinking that I would ever like publish anything to be honest, but what happened, and this is an extremely lucky break. So I need to preface that because I'm always a little hesitant to talk about this. Cause I feel like it's so lucky that it, it almost like sounds demoralizing to say it, but um, in, I think it was the end of 2019 um, I got a message from a reader of my fanfics um, who I recognized from like the comments section. I was like, oh yeah, it's you. Um, and she told me she was a literary agent and did I have a manuscript? So it was like a total lucky break. And I know like sometimes I hate saying luck because I think women often <laughs> attribute like things like that to luck. It's like, oh, well you had to write a, a fic that somebody liked. Yes, that's true. However, it's still a very, there's a, definitely a, a luck aspect to it as well. Um, but so she contacted me and I was like, oh my God, like what? And of course I had to say, I don't have any manuscript. All I have are these like fanfics. Um, right. But she she actually agreed to meet with me. And when we met in person, she kind of like literally explained um, traditional publishing to me. And we did talk about self-publishing a little bit because I had some questions mm -hmm. but uh, basically she was like look if you go the um sort of self-publishing route you have to be almost more of a marketer person and like a hustler than really writing it's like almost a 50 50 split there okay. and I didn't really envision myself doing that to be honest okay. so yeah. so she said you know work on making a manuscript and then I'll read it and that's right when COVID hit. So suddenly I had all this time right. um, at home. Um, and I, so I worked on the manuscript and I sent it to her and she said, okay, I'll represent you. Um, and around this time, so this was like years ago. Yeah. Um, and the one person I had sort of talked to about this was Allie Hazelwood because I she was the only person I knew who had, she had already gotten an agent. She did not have her book deal yet. Okay. Um, so it took her a while, you know, to, to do that. Um, so she was, I think, on sub. And I said, uh, what is any of it? What is a literary agent? What is what is all this stuff? And we knew each other like a little bit from being writing for the same fandom. And she very kindly um, talked to me sort of like through what was going on with her. And um, she's been just a huge help because I was kind of not that she's a typical publishing story obviously she's <laughs> Allie but um she was sort of the first person to, to talk me through that process so she's kind of been like my uh kind of like figure who I can just yeah. get help and advice uh from for years now um so so that was great but when I went on submission we did not say this we used to be a fanfic you know I was in the same fandom as Allie Hughes because honestly I sold the book almost right after she sold her book okay. of course she's published like a dozen books in the time it's <laughs> taken me to do one so that's kind of like a funny like publishing works at different speeds kind of story right. um and so at that time, it was not like, because like, I, there's been a lot of sort of like, oh, there's so many Raylo books out now. And I know I'm coming in at the basically the tail end of it. But I was I was there before anyone was talking about that. It was still like, you know, kind of like, uh, like fanfic. And like, now it's like, oh, like, look at all these fanfics. So it's kind of, yeah. kind of a funny 
turnaround because yeah, we went on sub with just no mention of that. Uh, my editor, I don't think knew what Raylo was. I don't think she had really ever read fan fiction. You know, it was like very, they were sort of curious about it, but, but right. yeah, it felt like a risky thing for sure, because a lot of people have a very limited view of what fanfic is until the love hypothesis came out and then suddenly people were like oh like this is you know like what is this like and since then there have a lot of my friends have you know um been able to publish their books in a variety of different ways and so yeah it's like the the landscape of that is so different now for sure so what was the experience like when you got that call like okay yep you've got a publishing deal. We're doing this. Were you freaking out? Were you expecting it? Like, what was that kind of relief maybe feeling like? I know that this is kind of, a, I guess, since that's happened, it's been a slower process, but I, I feel like the whole buildup was kind of relatively quick compared to like other people's experiences. So what was that reaction when you first got that call? Like, okay, yep, we're going to publish this. Um, so I remember getting an email from my agent saying that the, the person who's Emma, who's my editor, wanted to have a, a call with me. Um, and I, I felt nervous, like, oh, this kind of a job interview situation. Right. <laughs> um, and so I ended up getting on the Zoom call and my agent was there and um, the editorial director of my imprint was there and Emma. And I remember after the call, um my agent sent me a text or something and she was like that was like a really great first date and honestly it kind of was it was like I feel like you have to it's such an interesting relationship with an editor that it's not just is there a deal or not but that's someone you're gonna have a working relationship with that's someone you're gonna have to take like criticism not constructive but you know what I mean that's the person who's gonna tell you to kill your darling so that has to be like a person you feel really comfortable with and you don't want to feel like, you know, you're just sort of like going with whatever the, yeah. the offer is just because there's something on the table. Um, so I, you know, luckily she's like, uh, like a wonderful person and like has really great insights about stuff. And she had edited a book that I had read uh, one to watch um, was like her first, um, maybe like sort of like she was the editor of this book. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, oh, okay. Like this is a person I can talk about the bachelor with, (laughs) you know, like we can, you know, and, um, so yeah, I was really excited to, to get to, to work with her. Um, I think anytime in publishing, like you get good news, it's always like, you have to have a combination of like ridiculous hope but also cynical, like the reality is like, there's so many ups and downs. You're always waiting for something every step of the way, even after you make the deal. Like I didn't realize this at the time, but like, there's so many other things that you have to sort of like cross your fingers and, you know, like, will I get, you know, marketing pushes? Like, does the sales and does the sales team like my book? Are they going to get me into like, am I going to be in Barnes and Noble? Because like, sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, and so every step of the way, you're just like, oh, please, like, let me get that call again. So it's like waiting for those. And even now I'm waiting. I'm not going to say for what, but like, I'm literally feeling like I'm on sub again because I'm like waiting in my inbox for like news of something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like having that sort of like refresh, refresh urge. Yeah, yeah. 
it just never it never ends so yeah it's like just the roller coaster of of publishing crazy but obviously now this book is out people can read it I've seen so much positivity about this book even before starting it like people who had arc copies were loving it and early people were, were like comparing it to when Harry met Sally which is like literally one of my favorite movies ever and like I was just such an eager beaver to get my hands on this story and get to read it but I would love to know before we talk about the book itself like the inspiration behind the story obviously you pulled it from a fanfic you had previously written but like where did the actual like meet story plot characters come from so I don't know. I don't think I've actually said this yet, like, except to my editor. Um, But (laughs) so I'm I'm taking a little risk here because this I know this will turn some people off. That's the double edged sword of fanfic. Mm. But so it was an AU, which if you don't read fanfic, that means alternative universe. So it's like a takes place in the contemporary world. Obviously, I wrote for a Star Wars ship. So that's why sometimes it's very confusing to people because they're like, what does this have to do with Star Wars? The answer is really nothing at this point. But um, in the in in the fanfic world, you'll like take those characters and kind of the archetypes of the characters and then like put them into a different, you know, like setting. Um, And a lot of people were doing sort of like, oh, like I am doing like a um, a cutting edge (laughs) one of my favorite movies or whatever, you know, like you'll, you'll pick a different movie or an inspiration and be like, what if it was like these two characters, but in this world and uh, a good, my best uh, Raylo writing friend, um, Kat had written a, a fic where she made a reference to a, when Harry met Sally line, which was like, I, I knew the way, you know, about a good melon. Like she just had that in her fic and that's how we became friends. Cause I was like, I was like a good melon. Like I know where you got that from. And that got me thinking um, that um, (laughs) I was like, I see the Ben Solo character as like a very like high maintenance person because he he would just would be like that. And I was kind of thinking of the parts where like, you know, Meg Ryan is is like, you know, was hair doing a lot of hairspray and you're picking the tomato. And I was like. You know, if I were going to do a When Harry Met Sally AU, I would have to be gender swapped because he would be the super high maintenance woman, you know. And uh, <laughs> anytime I think about that character dynamic and what it would be in a in an AU, I always need to gender flip it because for whatever reason, that just like that archetype just it makes more sense to me. Flipped. Yeah. So I, that's why I started writing. It was kind of like. Uh, almost like for my friend as kind of not a joke but I was like I'm just gonna like try this because we both love this movie and that's actually how it started I was just like if he were doing his hair he would definitely be like you know (laughs) going all the way with the grooming and that's where the the inspiration kind of sprung from initially and then obviously like as time went on and as when I especially when I started writing the manuscript the characters changed and kind of became I think their own people a lot more and it was less about me trying to figure out how those characters would be and more about like well who are these you know who are these new characters that obviously have a lot in common with the original fic but but different um so that's where it that's where it came from I I I personally love thinking about like how like playing with like gender roles in in sort of like older media because I think it's just one of the interesting things about you know sort of uh figuring out who characters are 
is just kind of thinking about like, well, what would be, what would be different um, if this character weren't a man or a woman? And, you know, uh, yeah. So that was just really like fun and interesting for me. Love it. Okay. So now for those who have not yet read the book, can you give a little synopsis about what you again is about? Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it is inspired by when Harry met Sally. So if you, you can read it, if you have not seen the film, but if you've seen it, you might get a little bit more out of it, but essentially it's about two people who meet a number of different times over the years and kind of have a very um, contentious relationship for various reasons with each other. So that's kind of the like enemy stage, but they keep meeting and they're very different. They have very different worldviews and they always kind of have this like fiery argumentative dynamic between them. And then years later they meet again when they're both kind of at their lowest points um, and they've both gone through breakups and kind of in that low point for both of them, um, they become friends and they have kind of like this really nice friendship for a while. And then of course, feelings, <laughs> feelings bubble up and come up to the surface and um, it becomes something more. And then they both kind of like freak out in their own ways about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like it, I always am reluctant to use the term enemies to lovers in a contemporary romance because I think it's hard, really hard to do that. It's probably works better in more of a fantasy <laughs> context that they're trying to stab each other. Like that's enemies <laughs> to lovers, but you know, in our kind of like contemporary rom-com world, it's kind of like enemies to friends to lovers. Mm-hmm. I love the use of tropes. I mean, you've, you've totally like played on a million different ones. I don't know if they've all been intentional or not when you were writing the story, but are you someone that when you're going to read a book, a romance book, are you someone that kind of was like curious as to what the tropes are before you start? Or are you someone that's like, I'm going to go in blind? Like how, what's your stance on romance tropes? I'm a hundred percent. I do not read for tropes, which makes me really weird in the romance (laughs) world. But for me, it's all about, the execution of the trope. So like, to be honest, something like fake dating, which I know is like a lot of people's favorite trope, and it can be so great. But for me, that's not like if I'm like, Oh, it's a fake dating book. Honestly, my brain will probably start going like, but but is there a good reason for you know, like, that's how my stupid brain is. I'm like too analytical. (laughs) So but if, if it's if it's like well written, and I love the voices and the characters, I will totally go with it. I hear you. So there's things like that where I'm like, ah, like I'm not necessarily going to pick up a book just because of a trope. But Mm. on the other hand, I'll literally read anything. (laughs) Okay. And if the voices are there and if I love, you know, like what they've done, I'm totally into it. So, so yeah, I'm not really like a person who's super conscious of tropes, but, um, but yeah, I, I read pretty voraciously. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for everything. <laughs> Love that. I'm super similar in the sense that like, I'll read literally anything, but I do have like my preferences. Like if I go into a book and I know that there's a love triangle, I know that it's going to be hard for me to like. Mm, that's a, such a controversial trope. It, and the thing is, <laughs> you don't understand how many like romance books with a love triangle I've read that I've become obsessed with. So it's like, I have yeah. this feeling where I'm like, I don't like them. And then when they're executed well, like you just said, I'm a converter. Like I'm, I'm really obsessed with them, but like, I'm also the other kind of person that even if a book is getting like total ass reviews and people are hating it, but I hear that it's a second chance romance, like I'm going to read it because I love (laughs) it. 
Yes. So I'm like, I feel like I'm a mix of like those two types, but I'm someone also that like loves to know what the tropes are in a book before I pick it up. But when I saw like the grumpy hero and I saw the like, um, like en- enemies to lovers and all the stuff in your book before picking it up, I was like super, super intrigued. And obviously like it was executed so well, but there's so many other parts of this book that I, that really like drew me to the story before starting. And one of them was just the characters' names. And by immediately reading their names, I figured that they were Jewish. At least someone was Jewish in this mm-hmm. story. And I mm-hmm. love the Jewish representation in this story because everyone knows that I'm constantly trying to find like more Jewish romances and especially ones yeah. that are like, contemporary and like just feel very honest and like regular and normal, whatever regular or normal is to you. So mm-hmm. tell me about your decision to have that incorporated into the story in particular and like what that was like to execute. Yeah. Um, so that was never really even a question in my mind. And part of that is because, okay, so so I'll just say you, my background is that I, I'm basically half and I'm half like Catholic and I was raised Catholic, but half Jewish. Um, and I grew up in Wisconsin, which is not a place where there are many Jews. So, um, and, you know, they're like kind of few and far between. And then I lived in New York as an adult where it felt like Everyone's Jewish. People would take off for the high, you know, it's just like, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, like I I actually kind of caught up on a lot of things that I just like literally was almost oblivious to as as a kid. Um, And my longtime uh, partner was was Jewish. Um, So he, you know, it was like I was kind of like discovering this whole other side. Um, And I think that um, when Harry met Sally is kind of steeped in almost like a tradition and unfortunately i don't i'm not even going to mention the name of the person i'm thinking but there's a very famous terrible director yeah. um <laughs> who yeah. kind of i think uh is responsible for a lot of sort of like that personality type that we see in rom-com sometimes which is like the you know like jewish main character who's very sort of like um <laughs> you know like cerebral and yeah. has a lot of anxiety yeah, um, but we will not yeah. speak of him <laughs> exactly the the neurot and i do have a lot of that in in myself but i think when harry met sally was uh kind of came sort of from that tradition i think of sort of romance movies that featured characters who were very neurotic and somebody actually, at some point when I was writing The Fix, sent me an article about um, sort of like, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it was about how oftentimes love stories that are rooted in Jewish storytelling traditions have a lot more sort of like internal, um, the characters feel like internal blocks to falling in love. And it's a lot more about like getting over those neuroses, right. whereas sort of more like, I don't know how they described it as not necessarily Christian, but, you know, sort of like Western storytelling stuff is often more about like external, you know, like they Romeo and Juliet coming from two different families, but, you know, in a, in more of a Jewish tradition, it's, it's about the internal conflict. And to me that made complete sense because I I don't think I even do too many external conflict things too well. Like I don't think in those terms for me, it's all internal. It's all just like, getting over your own stuff um, and getting out of your head. And so once I read that um, and actually did a little bit more like research into this, I was like, oh, like this is actually, this makes so much sense to me because that's how I see both of these characters, um, you know, like really their main problem is themselves. And when you look at when Harry met Sally, um, it's, it's like, 
neither of those characters have literally anything <laughs> external that's, you know, they're both going through breakups, but, you know, it's like, we don't really know what their jobs are. We don't really, we see like a friend each, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like, they don't really seem to have any other particular problems other than just themselves. getting over themselves. Yep. Um, so it just felt like it, that was like a very, just like something that completely made, made sense to me. And um, I was really happy to be able to kind of pump up some of the, like the, you know, the Jewish food aspect of it, um, because that is my favorite food. A, a, a deli is basically my happy place. And, um, and, and I also feel like a lot of those quintessential places are either uh, in danger of closing, even in New York, which is like the place where there should be the most delis or you know, it's like uh, they're on the edge or, you know, it always seems kind of like scary. Mm. And um, I, when I was living in the East Village, there was a place that opened on our block that was like almost like a weird high end Jewish deli. They moved to Brooklyn since then. But like that always stuck in my head is like, oh, my God, like just make a regular deli like yeah. that. This food is not supposed to be like you know, like so expensive and like ridiculously yeah. complicated. It's like people just want a, a corned beef sandwich. And a matzo ball. They don't want. Yeah. Yes. Like it's because it's, it's the comfort, you know, it's like there's nothing better than when somebody brings you matzo ball soup. There's yeah. just nothing better. It's like that, that to me is like the ultimate expression of like caring for someone is 100%. bring them the matzo ball. 100%. Um, so I really I was excited and that a lot of that stuff was in the original fanfic but right. by making the Josh character um actually involved in sort of that food world yeah it was kind of fun to to get to like really dive into that a lot more crazy it was it just felt also very like familiar to me and like it just I just love when I could read a romance book that I could like relate to on another level other than like the actual relationship when like the mm -hmm. world just seems familiar to me. And um, obviously that's, that was the case with the story, but in addition to the Jewish representation, obviously there was some different like sexual representation in the story in terms of the relationships and the, of these characters. And I didn't know that going in. And I found that that was like such a fun twist. Like when you realize like that connection, um, I won't spoil it for everybody, but why was that kind of something that you wanted to include for this story? And did you, did you feel like this story like needed it? Was it something that you were like, I haven't seen this before, so I want to include it? Like, what was the intent behind it? Because it was done so well. And it just, again, comes off like so normal, so regular, which it should be. But like, it just flowed so well for the story. Like, tell me about that intention. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there. One is like, if the, if the Ari character was going to be sort of the Harry, mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking flip. about... <laughs> thinking oh, about like well what are his characteristics and like besides him being billy crystal who is kind of playing a lot of billy you know it's like I, you can't really write just a woman billy crystal but it's like what is there about him and one of his main things is that he's very sort of like he's very casual about sex and he's not he doesn't particularly like deal with like romantics you know it's like he kind of is able to separate that out so um for Ari, I just felt like if we were, you know, setting this story today, um, I don't think she would, I feel like she'd be bi or pan or like, she would just be open to anything. To anything. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that's that's kind of how that character would live in in t- today's world. I think in you know in 1989, in, in when Harry met Sally, like, everyone is basically like a straight white presenting person. You know, it's like it's a very sort of like narrow you know of the times view. But like I think today, you know, definitely like. Um, there would be people of all different, you know, sexual orientations. So that was that was one thing. The other thing is that um, at the time, um, my my partner at the time and I were kind of in like a more of like a poly open relationship. And honestly, a lot of the things that kind of uh, the talking points around them are things that I was kind of exposed to during that relationship. So like, I read a lot of books about opening up or whatever. And that is such a, a world where you really need to like have, you know, constant open communication. And it's probably the most challenging thing you can attempt in a relationship is to have an open relationship. Like, and I'm not going to get into it. Um, and we, <laughs> we have since actually gotten divorced. So it's kind of like a funny thing for me to even talk about now. But I think honestly, a lot of it was like almost part of my way of, processing and like feeling like I was kind of in control of certain, you know, like how I was thinking about it. And a lot of it came out in um, Ari and her wife and a lot of the things that Ari initially kind of like believes about relationships and the possibility of, of being open. And by the way, this is not me making any kind of judgment about that. It's good or bad. I think it's not for everyone, certainly, but um, I think points are made on, on all sides Um, but yeah, a lot of that kind of came out of my, my experience being in that relationship and, um, me and him both like dating other people and the crazy situations that, that happen with just like interconnected, um, relationships with, with just like a group, which is very challenging dynamics. Um, Yeah. That's, that's kind of where that came out of. And it also felt like another very 2023 thing where that is a thing that a lot of people try and people are more open about now and and talk more about and I I kind of thought it would be it would be interesting to try and bring in kind of this different perspective on relationships and then you have sort of the Josh character who's very much like almost like an old school you know like monogamy guy and I relate to that too so I think for me, it was like writing both of those characters. It was almost like those two sides of, of myself, almost like debating each other over right. like, what's the right way to do this? And, you know, there's no one right way, but I kind of relate to both of like his anxieties and her open-mindedness are both sort of like part of my thought process around yeah. relationships. And I, th- and I think that that like really lent to like the dual POV of it all also. Like, what was that like to write also? Because obviously it's two very different like, characters but also like ways of viewing relationship and like and love in general and yeah commitment yeah um I never really I think I I knew it had to be dual POV because the film um I think balances the perspectives really well um and it there's a lot of different like sort of techniques of filmmaking where you'll kind of rapidly switch even in montages there'll be like a little Sally moment you know choosing the cherry tomatoes and then (laughs) there'll be a Harry moment where he's like slovenly just like sitting there depressed you know so like there's a lot of just back and forth and I think because 
um, the film was made in sort of this collaborative way between like Nora Ephron, who was kind of more the, she, I think she put a lot of herself into Sally, which is why Sally is such a great character. And then Rob Reiner, who's the director, uh, was kind of a little bit of the inspiration for, for Harry. Um, it was kind of going through something similar at the time. And Nora Ephron incorporated a lot of him into that character. So I think there's in this story, there's always been a lot of like balanced, I don't want to say he said, she said, but you know, like just yeah. like, two different characters, each with a different perspective. Um, so I knew I would have to, it would be impossible, I think, to tell the story from just one character's mm-hmm. point of view. And then when I was trying to figure out like when it should switch, and it does probably switch maybe too often. <laughs> um, and like, I can, I can acknowledge that, but, um, I think like, I would always try to think about like, well, if, if I'm in like the Josh POV, that's a good time for like him to be observing something about Ari. It's like, there's a lot of interesting things you can do with getting in a character's head when they're observing the other person. And there's, you know, it's like, I think there's something to be said for some single POV romances because there's some of the mystery about how the other person is feeling, which is kind of great. But then in dual POV, you kind of have to find other ways to, you know, um, to find a little bit, you don't want to know what's happening for every person at every given moment. You kind of have to figure out the right times to provide that inner monologue. So it's kind of just like a different challenge, I think. Mm -hmm. So now that the book is out, like, what are you hoping readers take away from this story in particular? Like, what was the goal with this one? So, and I, I don't know if I kind of recognize this up front, but since I've been getting some, you know, like feedback (laughs) from people, it became actually a lot more clear to me. And um, a lot of times people say, oh, like these characters are very messy. (laughs) And um, in a lot of, I get a lot of they're unlikable, which I'm not going to lie. Sometimes that stings a little bit because obviously this came from my head. So what does this say about me? Uh, But I, I get it. Um, And in romance, I think it can be tricky to use characters who aren't immediately like, you know, you're not immediately like wanting to be friends with them at that moment. Like that is tough. Um, But just when people are like, it feels real and it feels messy. And sometimes I'm frustrated by the characters. To me, I think what people, what I'm hoping that people take away is just that you do not have to be in the perfect place in your life to fall in love with somebody. Um, and oftentimes it does happen when it's kind of inconvenient. And when, um, you know, we, we feel like we're, we're at that, that low point. Um, and that, you know, you don't have to be the perfect person and perfectly mentally healthy <laughs> in order to, you know, to meet a person who, who might be, you know, somebody who you could, you know, make, make a life with or whatever. Um, and the weird thing is that, um, I, I don't know if I actually believed that <laughs> even when okay. I, even when I was writing it, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but I mentioned that I had gotten divorced. Yeah. Um, and that is literally kind of what has happened to me this year. I mean, literally after the book was, um, was like almost in copy edits, like, find seal delivered it's done i met my current boyfriend whose name is josh who's a little little weird (laughs) Um, and at one point he actually did 
uh, unprompted, he did bring me matzo ball soup and a black and white cookie when I was not feeling well, like after we had gone out a few times and I was just like, he did not know anything about that kind of stuff being in the book, but like, that's when you know that it's a keeper <laughs> yeah. because, you know, I was like, I was honestly stunned, but I was in a bad place because I was kind of going through this tumultuous situation and, um, and it, you know, it, it, and I did find like, you know, love <laughs> whatever in with, even though I was kind of like at this ridiculous point in my life where there was a lot of chaos happening and kind of reading back parts of the book now, um, I'm like, huh, like, I guess this is kind of, this is kind of true for some people that, you know, when, when somebody is willing to, to love you, even when you're a mess, like that's pretty special because life is full of mess. And even if you meet someone at your high point, there's going to be, you know, valleys and peaks and everything. And and if it's a real, you know, solid relationship, you're going to be sticking with that person through all of those things. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's very complicated. And I, I hope that people, you know, recognize a little bit of that, um, that kind of just like, not everything is smooth sailing and, and sunny yeah. <laughs> all the time, but that's okay. And, you know, it's like, there's, you know, there's possibilities out there for everyone. If, if that's what you want, mm. um, you don't have to be the, you know, perfect picture of, of mental health <laughs> in order to, to be in a relationship. For sure. No, I think that this book has obviously resonated with a lot of readers. I, I imagine it will continue to do so. And I really loved it. And even if you have not yet seen When Harry Met Sally, which is crazy, because like, I, I can't relate to that. That's like, I, I've watched it a million times, but still this book is totally for you and you will love it. And then you can go watch the movie and you could catch all like the nuances and you'll understand it even better. But thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. This was like such a treat. I loved your book and I'm so excited to see what you have going on next because I'm a fan. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, this was great.